Welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is, is the story, story So Farscape. So, Lead Farscape. Us in. Yes, yes, this yeah, week. No, you do, do it. Do it. Do your thing. Oh, sorry. We are yeah, still... I've looking forward to we, it. We are following the exploits of American astronaut John Crichton, who actually works for EASA. I never did. Very good. That's a, such an awkward acronym to pronounce. I know. They never say it out loud, I don't think, but like... No. Yasa? Yasa. Isa? Whatever. E-I-E-I-Yasa. <laughs> okay, yes. so that's the one. <laughs> Who is on a living starship along with a, a, an intrepid band of, well, friends at this point. Yeah, who right. Who have been uh, running away from uh, two insane military commanders at this point. Racking them we're, up. We're, we're on number two. Uh, insane military commander number one has made off with Moya's offspring. Uh, yes. A, a lovely little gunboat diplomat by the name of uh, Tallinn. Very good. Uh, <laughs> I love how you pronounce it like the capital of Estonia. Well, it's kind of is. That's how I have it in my mind. <laughs> I mean, I could, call, could go back to calling him Boya, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! There was even another one uh, recently uh, for our Patreon. Oh, wink, wink. Yeah. For our Patreon, we've been recording fan fiction, and one of them was from 1999. Was about the naming of Moya, where I believe the name was Bob, <laughs> which is yo Bob, which is right up there. Bob. Anyways, you can't call a planet Bob. Why not? It's my planet. <laughs> <laughs> nice Treasure Planet reference there. Uh, not Treasure Planet. Oh no, it's uh, the other one, Titan AE. Yeah, it's the one. Uh, Equally a great success. Yes. Uh, and a fantastic Don, Don Bluth, I believe. Titan A, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, uh, his ill-fated attempt at success. Well, it wasn't necessarily his It was kind of miss... I mean, it was the movie that he wanted to make, and they eventually cons- consented to letting him make it. And then they oh. did quite a lot to make sure that it bombed. Or I don't know if they did it intentionally, but they programmed it against some other mag- massive uh, releases. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, what I remember reading was that Fox... Studios wanted a, an animation wing, right? And so they hired Don Bluth, who just quit Disney in disgust yeah. over whatever, and they gave him the impossible task of making uh, an animated film that would appeal to teenagers. But there wasn't anime because they didn't know about anime yet. Yes, two thousand was the exact wrong year for that. Like exactly after that, you got uh, Princess Mononoke, mm. and then everyone went all kawaii. And uh... yeah, they realized there was great animation there. Sorry, mm. sorry, we've, we've sort of veered we're, off. We're talking into about a Farscape here. Yes. yes. Uh, today's episode is episode 211, Look at the Princess, a kiss, oh, it's been a kiss. We have a database for that. We have a database. We have our handy oh, little database. Yes. With submissions from our uh, fanatic listeners. Oh, and I need to turn my phone off. Okay, I'm going to leave that in. That's actually appropriate. I'm going to mention something about that later on. Okay. Yeah, because our listeners, who are very, very clever, so much cleverer than we are, send us, uh, uh, send us these synopses. And by the way, uh, if you'd like to send in your own synopsis for a future episode, which is entirely correct and completely incomprehensible, so don't use any names, uh, you can do so with the link. It's bit.ly slash... SF synopses, and the capitalization doesn't matter. I figured oh, out how to do that. Yes. And I also realized we have show notes. So if you're listening to this podcast, you can click, click in the show notes, and there's a link to the synopsis submission form there. It's starting to, yeah, yeah, right. Actually starting to figure it out. And I'm so, still sort of stalling while I'm looking for... Oh, I've got it here. So uh, look at the princess. Uh, Billy Roberts says, What will our heroes do when one of their own swaps spit with a local <laughs> and now must stay on the planet forever? Also, Cupid has struck on Moya. Thank you, Billy Roberts. Um, a planetary trip after another yes or no incident does not work out well for our intrepid hero and plucky heroine. At least they'll always have Paris. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Test Monkey 6K has Crichton does his best Kirk, an upgraded Gorn dreams of world conquest. <laughs> 
A prince gives Veruca Salt a run for her money. <laughs> An old enemy does his best Jafar. <laughs> Stilettos are deadly sexy. Crichton gets painfully hard too quickly. Erin goes on a camping trip and Kaki and Kay's kiss... Kaki and Kay's kiss count goes to... Oh, and it goes to 11, yes. Yeah, no, not not our kisses. I was wondering about that. It's <laughs> After this episode, I'm going to have to revisit the... the there's going to be yeah, a lot kiss of... count oh. because... God, yes. We're talking about uh, Look at the Princess Part 1, A Kiss is But a Kiss, directed by, ooh, Andrew Prowse and Tony Tills. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, it's curious to have two directors, but uh, yes. I'll tell you more about that next week. Written by David Kemper himself and... Uh, okay, so he's one of the executive producers and like creators of the show. Mm-hmm. I love David Kemper's scripts because just the most beautiful word use. At one point, the oh, one from uh, a line from here that I remember is "Consider yourselves the beneficiaries of largesse." Ah, like, yes. I always, I always learn new words from uh, from David Kemper. Mm, largesse. I mean, I, uh, I, I get the drift, but the exact definition escapes me. Largesse is the uh, generosity. Yes, yes, that someone who has a lot of power and yes. a lot of and and considers themselves very very generous. Yeah, I'm used to that. The empress does seem to be, I mean, in line with what you would expect from an empress, looking She's out for her, good, looking isn't out she? for her people and her political program and everything like that. I really, really liked her. I like this whole episode. This arc is quite a remarkable, uh, uh, like escalation. For for Farscape because they spent so many so, things, yeah, so long on a on a dilemma. Oh, uh, to, yeah, to really resolve. sort of chew it out. Yes, because it feels a little bit like uh, we have. Oh, there's like an, a problem on the planet, and someone is going to have to stay on the planet, and we have to decide on how to go about it. But there's a whole political intrigue about it, and they yeah. don't and they don't rush it at all. They they take their time, even in the build up. Yeah, this is a far cry from like DNA mad scientist, where it's revealed like. At the very beginning, ah, you're going to have to cut Pilot's arm off. And, and then that, they cut his arm off, yep. like, immediately after the credits, and they move on to the next crisis. True, and this is much more of a slow build. And it, the slow build starts all, right at the beginning. Ah, the music! Go! Uh, the slow build starts right <laughs> at the beginning, where uh, we have a little snuggly scene of... Uh, John and Aaron in the uh, cockpit of the uh, the module. Oh yeah, uh, fondling at the knobs. They're very floppy knobs, I noticed. Really floppy knobs <laughs> and sort of jiggling all the sticks. And she tells him something that I've been wondering about for many, many years. And you have some aeronautical experience. She says, "You pull into the roll. It's counterintuitive at first, but it rapidly increases your distance to your pursuer. How does that?" No. Pulling into the roll. Yeah, what it sounds it- like a little bit of... I mean, you, rolling a, a plane doesn't really do anything. It just changes the axis. And yeah. Pull, and you kind of pull back on the stick, and that causes the plane to actually rise. But since it's now at an angle, it kind of like starts okay, turning. Okay, you keep explaining it. Yeah. I'm going to give a live translation of the gestures that you're making. <laughs> so right hand up, palm turns downward, yes. And then you have to like compensate with your uh, foot rudder, which controls the airlons. Sorry, okay, so- not the airlons, the tail rudder. Waggling his hand like, yeah. an, like a, uh, an uncertain uh, to, to, North to, African to help market with, salesman. <laughs> to help with the at all. But that wouldn't do anything for increasing your distance to Hands the opponent. Hands apart like a dismissive yeah. uh, Italian <laughs> grandmother. 
<laughs> yeah, so I don't think that would be, make any much difference. I mean, I can do my hands like this and then... Oh, God. Um, he's doing a lot. Dog uh, this fighting. is some kind of... Oh, dogfighting. Is like, that what you know, you're doing? Like, I mean, that's what they were talking about. I, su- I assume so. I mean, Some kind of weird 70s disco dance, I think, that you were doing with your hands. Which is... <laughs> that's big fish, little fish, cardboard box. Yes. I do this all day. Oh, we're actually being prescient. Like, a lot of this stuff actually shows up in the episode. But, yes, we're ahead of ourselves. So, Aaron is handling John's module. I love my module. While they're tucked in the cozy little uh, uh, little hangar bay of, of Moya, they're doing their argumentative flirting. Yes. Aaron, my module is a research craft. It's not built for hairpin maneuvers. Would you like to learn how to do this, or are you content to continually display your ineptitude? My ineptitude? You mean my improvisation, the kind that bails your sorry mullet? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is that smell? It seems to be going swimmingly, and then suddenly Aaron goes like, nope, stop, hits the eject button, the canopy goes flying off. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> she kicks the emergency escape hatch. Yep. Instead of just lifting it. Just... Bail, bail, bail. <laughs> retard, retard. <laughs> It came after a rather steamy setup where he he noticed that she'd sent her hair and she yes. sent her hair and for I, him to. I did, but notice. I didn't do it for you. I did it for me. But then she did want him to notice, and then yeah, and he did, and suddenly that wasn't good either. And I mean, she I don't know. She initiated the kiss, and yeah. then she backed off out of out of fear. And yes, and she set up the whole situation. And oh no, I'm I won't be uh, I won't be a slave to your hormones or whatever it is. I thought it was so. So great because that would have been Aaron would have been me, mm. like really wanting something, getting into it, and then being absolutely terrified because you have no idea where to go. Yeah, and in her case, certainly, like not having the experience that you can just sort of feel things out and see where they're supposed to go. Right. Her experience with romance was heavily regimented, literally. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's hot, we'll bang, and we're going to get rotated out soon enough anyway, and then we'll won't see each other again. Yeah. You, you sort of detach and you don't get attached. So this is kind of, I can understand what's terrifying for her, but also why John won't accept that. What am I doing wrong? Why are you being so wishy-washy? Shoves her up against the door, which he does mention that uh, he is standing at attention. He is, yes, apparently so. <laughs> I thought he was talking about her, actually, but yes, fair enough. A little enough. bit, yeah. This is all observed by Chiana, who's like smugly offers advice to uh, John. <laughs> yes. Oh, he doesn't want it, which makes her want to give, give it, it to him, him even more. more. Yes. <laughs> makes me want to give it to you even more. Grinds up against him. Chiana throughout this whole episode has been just amazingly insightful. Yes. She completely understands what's going on. She advises John to be fast with the body and slow with the soul. Like, yes. whoa, fantastic advice. Well, okay, not necessarily fantastic advice for everyone, but fantastic advice in this situation. She's so yes. insightful. She does a lovely little hip waggle of her own, in which, you, which I notice you can actually see the fact that her midriff is uh, basically a part of a light of, uh, the outfit that she's wearing. Oh, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Like, you know, apparently in order to prevent Gigi Edgley from smearing body paint all over the sets and everywhere. <laughs> it's like... <Yeah. laughs> Can you imagine if that was actual exposed midriff like Aaron is sporting? But yes. Like every movement of her top would have brushed the, uh, Paint the makeup yeah, away. That yeah, that would have done too. Yeah, so it's like it, it's very well blended in. So you could, you don't really notice it in the color, but you, the way she does her little sexy hip wiggle, you can just see the uh, the material pulling and uh, in, in stretches, yeah. and that it's part of the outfit, not part of the uh, the body. See, you're very observant. In this scene, I was really distracted by the sort of jazzy 
horn music. Like okay. there's a stand-up bass and there's some hi-hats and I sort of expected a, a, a saxophone solo. Yeah, you're always much more observant about music. Music is something that happens in movies and it's rarely that I actually notice it unless I happen to recognise it. Certainly when it's very sexual. Oh dear, yes. I mean, at least it wasn't the bow 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 chicka bow bow. We don't get long to enjoy it because, this being Farscape, soon a crisis looms on the horizon. Yes, they are surrounded by peacekeeper weapons platforms or something along the lines. I love how Pilot buries the lead. First he asks everyone up on the bridge. Please join the others in the command at once. And then, okay. Okay, Pilot, they're here. Now tell us what's going on. Are you familiar with automated peacekeeper satellite weaponry? Are you familiar with these killer satellites? Yes. Self-tracking pulse cannons. We are locked in a cross-targeted helix. We're surrounded by them. <laughs> yes, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> Can we escape? Could you not have started with that? Because if they'd said no, then they would have. he would have spent like 15 minutes explaining to it before getting to the point, we're surrounded and we but, can't yes. go anywhere. <laughs> because they look out the... Ah, well, I mean, they did talk about... Uh, uh, Star busting out of there. Yeah, and it's but not going no, to But no, work. We're get, they're going to shoot us the moment they notice power fluctuations. And where did they come from? Are there any ships near? by no but they might come from the uh, the star systems that Moya can detect on her sense horizons despite the fact that there's a fucking planet right yeah, outside the window right, they're right in orbit of this planet or at well. least approaching it I really like those satellites. They're like D4s with lenses in them. Yes, and little lights in the middle. And it look, looks a bit like the Sharingan from Naruto, like that little three-eyed... Uh, uh, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, it's basically, imagine a yin-yang symbol, but with three of them. In the same plane? Yeah, just in, instead of two uh, okay, uh, things yeah, being... Okay, so a, a circle. Twice, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, still. Uh, so th- that little light effect in the middle kind of has that... Uh, oh. Kind of looks like that. Fight the yacht, run, fight, surrender, pick one. But yes, uh, satellites. We go to the in- intro break, just at the point that the satellites are making are, are starting to spool up their Leaving power. Leaving us standing at attention. Oof. But then they get called by a, a representative from the planets below, and mm-hmm. we start off with Rigel being hushed by yes. John, even though he goes. But I am our best negotiator. Our best self-serving to hell with everyone else, Eater. You just you shut up negotiating for what you want and what you think is the best and not necessarily what everybody else wants and has he ever done them wrong while negotiating well other than the time that he got kidnapped while he took a uh, part of moya which was rather important just so that his staff would look a little bit more important i mean that wasn't intentional exactly he was going to be kidnapped anyway and that wasn't any that wasn't any fault of his well, like, and, and there was good. a time that he betrayed them by going to Scorp to, to Garnak Base in order to barter for himself. Garnak Base. And it wasn't for... negotiated. It mm-hmm. was just a, it was just an impulse. What I mean is, when you set him in front of like a shopkeeper, as we see him in the first episode, in front yeah. of this the proprietor, this giant insectoid monster, he holds his own. And when the uh, when the Zenitan pirates came aboard, he held his own against them. Yeah. They always come out ahead. A, a yes, he is a betraying little little toad, but credit where it's due, he is very good at uh, talking people into, you know, giving them little advantages. The same thing we see here, because after uh, Zan assures the ambassador or whatever the hell it is... Councillor Taino. Yes. After she convinces the councillor that uh, they are unarmed and are of no threat and that they are actually being hunted by peacekeepers and that they're escaped prisoners or something. It's a lot of information that that she's giving out there right away. But, yeah, they goes like, okay, that's fine. We now release you to travel as you will. You're not going to shoot. Well... That was a productive forearms. 
just don't come here. Because we're having a royal wedding at this point, like, Rigel cannot be contained anymore. <laughs> he, he, bites, he, he bites Crichton to, to make sure that he lets him go, rushes forward on his throne sled, and goes like, well, I am Dominar Rigel the 16th of the Hynerian Empire. Would you turn away a royal visit-bearing gifts? Which actually never gets mentioned again, the whole no, gift thing. No, no it's, like, it's kind of convenient. Maybe he does the sort of thing that uh, the Doctor Who does in the first season revival. Air from my lungs. Ooh, <gasps> Ooh so intimate. Well, there's a bit of that with the whatchamacallit later, the Scarron. Ooh, yes, yes, very good. Hey, did you recognise that? Scarron? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, immediately. Very good. Even, even before uh, our uh, good old insane military commander showed up again. And really? Yes. Okay, tell me about that. No, what do you piece I, together? I just, because- rec- I just recognised the name. Oh, okay. See, sometimes you you latch onto these things, and I never quite know which one is it going to be. Like, yes, Scorpius was described as the... the Scarron half-breed, yes. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Did you really think you could strike an honest bargain with a Scarron half-breed like him? See, this is why we sort of fit so well together. You're, you're also this kind of obsessive nerd. I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. So, yes, they decide to go to the planet. There's another little exchange between uh, Crichton and uh, Eren where uh, he tries to put the moves on her again and she shoots him down rather hard, even though he tries to do it casually. Eren, I want to talk. I want to talk less. We tried that. It leads to kissing. Oh, yeah, they're both kind of like flirty arguing, which happens to then land on the side of just arguing. That's a joke. It's to relieve the tension. Wasn't funny. Just give me some space, John. Yes. You know, that scene could have gone the other way if either of them had given in just a little bit more, as they clearly wanted from each other. Yeah. But so she tells him to, to like, go on your own, just give me some space. And he turns around and yells for Chiana, looking all over his shoulder at, at Aaron. Like, actually, ah. actually, he says, like, all the space in the universe or something like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, screw you, f*** off. Uh, hey, Chiana. Because yeah. he knows that makes her jealous. Right. She's, she's Which, complained she, about that before. She's just, oh, rolls her eyes a little bit and that. He goes to Chiana's place, goes, hey, Chiana, can I come in? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> yes, he commits the, the sort of dorm room sin of ignoring the sock on the oh, doorknob. Yes. <laughs> because inside the room, I guess that uh, Dargo and Chiana are rubbing, rubbing Mivonks or something. <laughs> <laughs> they're making the beast with three backs. Ooh. However that works in, uh, in space. Yeah, they have... <laughs> And John, bless him, he sort of bursts in trying to talk to them and then runs out yelling, oh, he's so embarrassed. Yes. Bad and, time, good time, and wrong I, time. And I, yeah. <laughs> and I, but I love Dargo's reaction after that. And he goes like, it's weird to like, don't, like, we're, we're dead doing this. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. After everyone's got their clothes on and yeah. they're ready to travel, you see Chiana in her traveling coat. Yeah, he sort of corners John. My life has been one crushing disappointment after the next, but with this girl, I have managed to find moments of pleasure. Blow this for, for me. me. Yes, like this is good. Like <laughs> no, it, it's cool. Yeah, I'm happy for you. All right, cool. <laughs> I love how their relationships developed. Right. It's yeah. John and 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 Dargo. This whole episode, like everyone is, everyone is such a rock for each other, except for John and Aaron. Yep, it's such a shame. But I guess it keeps the dynamic of the show interesting. Yeah. So we get some beautiful shots of the planet and this, like, uh, a palace temple or whatever it is that they, uh, it that they have amazing. there. It amazing. It reminded me of, like, Coruscant or... Uh, right, or a little bit like, whatchamacallit? Oh, um, Babylon 5, is that what you're thinking? No, I was going to say... Centaur? Stargate. You know, the whole pyramid uh, type things and, like, the alien... Uh, Wait, I- do you mean the pyramids? No, I'm actually thinking of another movie. Uh, okay. Now that I can think about it. But yeah, we'll get there. Oh, I 
can't for the life. It's a French traveling. It's film a French no. movie, and it's got uh, Immortel ad vitam. Probably, yeah. With uh, with Horace and that's the one. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, the comic hero Nicopol, and it's by oh now the name is escaping me. Oh, the name is escaping me, but it was a it, it was the, the actual creator of the comic was the director of the film. Yes, uh, Immortel ad vitam. It's amazing. It's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> totally bananas. I like the bit where Set and Anubis are playing Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that part. But yes, there's a lo- lovely party at the... Uh, swingers at the Club. I mean, yeah, they've got the these... The Palace Swingers Club. They've got these little wow. vials and everybody is dipping a little uh, a dot on each other's tongue and then they like touch and quick, tongues and then a quick yeah. kiss and then it's yay or nay. It's kind of sexy. Like they've done... They've done bar scenes and like dance club scenes before that have not been hugely successful. I'm no. thinking, for example, of uh, uh, Saikar, or was it Sakara, with the Tanit route where they go down to, uh, yes. uh, to fetch Dargo. And you've got the planet of the, oh, what do you call it, the ski hat people. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing these weird jolting dances of snapping back and forth between two positions. And here we have, we also have very spacey dancing, but it's beautiful. They've got some dancers mm. here. The bar scene in Dream a Little Dream, that was pretty good as well. That was more oh, like yeah. a, a more actual bar stuff going on there. Yeah, it was more of a dive. More of a drinking hall, yeah. This is a this is an upbeat. This is a very high class party, and oh. I know, yeah. So I noticed that like John gets kissed twice very quickly, much to uh, well, not much to Aaron's chagrin. Although she does confusion seem, at yes. first, like hmm, what's this? But I immediately noticed that everybody's like the moment the kiss breaks. I was like, oh, sorry. You know, like disappointment. And <laughs> yeah. Even though John is going, oh, this place is great. Everybody's never kissing me. No. <laughs> yeah, they're just, oh, that's too bad. Erin gets an offer as well, but she uh, firmly declines. No, 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 no. Try him. He seems to love kissing. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yes, I love how she declines several times. Like the first time it says, nope, nope, nope. The next time someone offers, offers the vial to her, she just takes the vial and says, go away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the best one comes later, though, but yes. <laughs> yes. So this whole sort of bar scene, I kind of really love it. There's even some aliens in the background, but for the rest, everyone's like white Australian hot, uh, yeah. a, a soap opera, beach quality, gorgeous. There's some, some cool music in the background, reminding me a little bit of the, uh, the Buck Rogers space disco music, but a little bit more successful. Yes, 30 years of musical development. And uh, upstairs in the VIP lounge, we have uh, a few people sitting around, amongst which we get, I think it's our first look of a, uh, a Scarron. Very good. And I love that, Matt. That was so good. <gasps> yes. At, when you see him just standing there at first, you go like, okay, it's a, guy, it's a dude with a big mask, but then, then it, it moves and it's, it's lips, and it looks so amazing. Right. Yeah. Oh, this was an incredible... Incredible creation. I, I I read about. Yes, I wasn't able to show you that page from the, the Creatures of yeah. Farscape book. Unfortunately, there's some sketches in there that you ought not yet to see. Okay, but yeah, this is a marvelous, marvelous creation. Like the Scarons had not been designed when uh, Scorpius was called a half Scaron hybrid or a Scaron right. half breed, and so I guess Dave Elsie went back from like. Hmm, what does Scorpius look like? And what if we exaggerate that? And what do we get there? And he wanted them to be like extra tall and have a have a person with a whole animatronic armature extending right. the head. And it's a bit lizard-like with but still yeah. having a goatee and other uh yeah, it's like it's an amazing uh, creation. It looks fantastic. And they're having a little discussion about apparently the princess who uh, needs to be married before her 18th birthday or whatever it is. If Princess Catrala fails to wed by the anniversary of her birth. The throne goes to Prince Clavor. In, yeah. order, in order to be eligible for uh, 
becoming the next empress. Because this miscreant is Prince Clavor, who mm. is second in line to the throne, who is being uh, uh, manipulated and encouraged by the, uh, Scaran by the Scaran. ambassador. Yes, you will be king. So there was, there's been a little bit of politics talk at this point, and I'm, mm. I'm super confused here. So apparently this planet is a breakaway. It's like the lost colonies from some sort of uh, Sebastian. Uh, yes, very uh, good. Break-off from the Empire, and they still they have Sebastian weapons platforms, but they're also making uh, trouble with the Scarans, uh, or at least they seem to be have some sort of involvement with them. And I think the... Mm-hmm. Em- the Empress says something about it later on where they, they kind of have to stay nice with the other one but not too nice because then the others will attack. And Yes, so they're maintaining their absolute neutrality right. as, their, as their way to survive. So you got it right. 1900 years ago, the ancestors of these people broke away from uh, the peacekeeper, I don't know what they call their territory, peacekeeper mm-hmm. territory, and into the uncharted territories. In what you condescendingly call the uncharted territories. Which oh, These people really object against being called the uncharted territories. Yes, especially yes. the, the Scarron. It's like, where we've got charts. <laughs> yeah, we know where we are. Yeah. Where they apparently thrived and were, were quite successful and now maintain political neutrality, keeping the, the major policies of the peacekeepers and the Scarrons at bay by favouring neither. If we recognise the Scarrans, peacekeepers attack. Packed with peacekeepers, Scarrans invade. Right. Because allying with either would make them a target for the, uh, for for the, the other, other because yes. of their strategic placement. So I don't know exactly how they'd get uh, peacekeeper technology. So I was going to say, not that uncharted either, then, apparently, if the peacekeepers know about them. And, you know, it's... Now... As you've pointed out, space is very big. True. So it may very well be that for for a given like sector of 100 cubic light years that you know the eight major star systems, Mm. which are centers of trade and politics, but you wouldn't necessarily know all the other 800,000 stars and planets that are are scattered throughout. But as the Scaron mentions here, you might consider it uncharted, but we know where we are. It's like we know the local area. This is what I'm saying. Like, you may know where you are and where mm-hmm. some planets in your immediate neighborhood right. are, but like probably in peacekeeper territory, 100% of the volume has been charted. Right. And there See what you just mean. are yeah. no backwater planets that no. they don't know about and can't tax. That's also a popular one. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, lots of cool politics because, yes, that is the situation. It is a tenuous time. And this is why the Scarons are interested because if they get Prince Clavor installed as the next emperor, then they will have an alliance with, with the Scaron yes. Imperium. Which, for some reason, the, the prince gets to be the next emperor and that he's willing to make nice with the Scarons in, re, in, in return for that. Uh, yeah. In return for the Scarons' help in him ascending right. the throne because they have poisoned the Princess Catrala's DNA. Yeah. Yes, so she is not compatible. So it turns out all the kissing is here, some sort of genetic compatibility test. You do the little drop thing and then you swap some spit. And then if it tastes good, then it's uh, you're yeah. a match. And if it tastes bad, then you're not a match. Yeah, and now we're compatible? What the hell does that mean? Just skipping over all the boring parts of actually getting to know each other and just right. getting straight to to to, to reproduction. Do, are we going to make beautiful babies? Yes, which seems to be the only thing that matters in this culture. Yeah. Very very heteronormative and, and and reproduction focused. But I guess maybe that's why they've been were so successful. Right. This is only the, the the reproduction dance they do, and we don't know anything about their other mores. Maybe this is just a way to find like the the people you are biological comparable with, and then you have a marriage of uh, understanding with them, and it's perfectly acceptable to huh. explore and do whatever you want with anybody else. I mean, like the princess says, I'm not going to make you miserable. It's, you know, that's, that's sweet, but I'm just thinking, if this is what they do in a swingers club, what the f*** does a church look like? <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, uh, uh, we cut back to Moya. There's some scenes on Moya yes. where Zan has uh, chosen to stay behind and Pilot and Moya are both delighted. delighted. Yes, because apparently they really enjoy it when she's performing her Delvian rituals because she's like preparing some sort of uh, singing ceremony which involves her chanting. She's got her vestments on and yes. she's like making tea and little incense. And, and Pilot has like opened all the doors because like he and Moya really enjoy this apparently. And like That's- she starts her chant and it echoes through the chambers and it's a beautiful sound. I adore these kinds of scenes of just life on Moya and the little moments of pleasure that they can enjoy. And it's a beautiful sound as well. It is. It's, it sounds it sounds fantastic. And it, yeah, it, it sound rings off Moya's voice, walls. And you can uh, see Pilot just being transported. Yes. It's Never like, seen him so so sweet. So sweet and content, yes. So in the club in the meantime, Chana and Dargo have a little spit swap, which doesn't turn out particularly well. But Chana, being the yeah. ever-practical self, is like, well, I mean, we're not genetically compatible, but that's, that's not what counts. <laughs> yeah. That's only our DNA, not yeah. all the cool stuff. Not all the fun things. <laughs> Which uh, sways Dargo to that point of view. Okay, so this is where someone comes up to uh, Aaron waving his little little flask. <laughs> and he waves her little flask. From him. <laughs> and yes, uh, blows him off quite uh, aggressively. Go away. He doesn't, yep. He's not having any of it, but in then at this point she just like empties the flask in uh, Rigel's mouth, dabs it on her yeah. own tongue, fiercely kisses Rigel, much to his protest. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, sweet, delicious. We, we made for each other. We just happened to found our... And even Rigel plays along. Yes. yes. Oh, I'm so delighted. <laughs> sweet. I'm so pleased. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> How unexpected. <laughs> and the guy just goes, well, I wish you the best of luck then, or something, what he says. And they both hurl. <laughs> and both, yes. <laughs> this was when, uh, and I told you I'd come back for it, uh, Claudia Black's cell phone went off. <laughs> and as is tradition, apparently on Australian television productions, she had to buy a case of beer for the crew. Yeah, that seems fair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What a good time they must have been having here. Yes, unlike on Moya, because Zan's uh, religious, what do you call it? Observances. Observances, that's the the term, are rudely interrupted as Moya picks up a full uh, battle carrier. Yeah, I've started wondering about that. carriers? Exactly, like where's the half-command carrier? Like the, (laughs) the skimmed command carrier. Well, I mean, I, okay, so when we're talking about, uh, for instance, American uh, aircraft carriers, mm-hmm. they always f- sail in what's called an aircraft carrier battle group, which right. contains several destroyers and other support ships. Oh. It's never just uh, an aircraft carrier. It's like it, it, it's an aircraft carrier battle group. Oh, maybe you could have a like an empty command carrier, just the carrier and not the aircraft that it's carrying. Yes, but that would be hard to detect from the outside. And also, why? But, you know, I, mean, I don't know. It's no. just they keep calling it a full command carrier. Right. And, and I know. We've never, but, but, we've never but, seen it. I can imagine that it's like maybe they mean that, like it's a full battle group. Oh. Rather than yes. just, just No, a, that makes sense yeah. because we have seen when we saw Crace's uh, full command carrier initially, yeah. it did have a whole battle group, including several uh, uh, Leviathans, mm. which later on we didn't see. No. When, when he 
drove but into then, the but then Antarctic he, Yeah, but then he yeah. kind of went on, uh, on, off on his own to do Very this thing. Very good. Yeah. Uh, going off on their own, that is ultimately what, uh, uh, what Zahn and Pilot decide to do. They sort of flip the coin. They've already been seen. There's no time to retrieve John and Aaron and, and, and Dargo and Rigel and Chiana. I could have just said everyone else from the planet. Yeah. They don't know why uh, Scorpius's command Suddenly carrier shows is up. here. Yep. So they sort of gamble and think, okay, well... What if we let them see us and then... Starburst. Scorpius may think we're all aboard and pursue. And this will be them protecting John. To me, that makes complete sense. You know, yeah, right? we, can't, we can't stay long enough to pick everybody up. Uh, they have seen us. They might decide to attack us. We might as well leave. And that's probably going to lead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a logical conclusion, especially yeah. for, uh, for Scorpius to make. Not something that Scorpius would immediately see through as being a, a, a an ruse. obvious ruse. Yes. <sighs> okay, more kissing. He seems to love kissing. More back, kissing, yes. Back and more kissing. Oh, we even missed the one bit where... <laughs> When Aaron's turning one of these dudes down, no, 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 yeah. try him, and tries to force him off on Crichton, and he even goes like, eh, no, no, Crichton, no, no. Crichton's not interested. <laughs> he no. hasn't been in the uncharted territories long enough. Oh, no, no. You don't know, the males on I this mean, planet may have extra tongues. Who it's, knows? Uh, it's uncharted territory for him, I would think. <laughs> Though perhaps not for Dargo. No, we don't know that, but yeah, who knows? Gets lonely on, on military. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, later on, okay, heading forward a little bit, when John asks Dargo to be his best man, Dargo oh, very yes. seriously tells him, John. I'm with Chana now, yes. <laughs> like that's the, you couldn't have asked me earlier? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless. Oh, uh, yes. I've never been with someone who had so few tentacles. Yes. <laughs> Just, well, Chana. <laughs> you don't know what she's got. True, true, true. Yes, okay, so John is approached by a sort of Roman-looking gentleman who invites him to uh, to tongue test... The princess. Whom we don't know at this point is the princess, but I th- he I, sort I thought of- at first that the lass on, uh, on, in the VIP lounge was the princess. You know? Yeah. But that seems to be the princess squeeze. Hot white people are so hard to tell, tell apart, apart, aren't right. they? You have the same problem. Like, here we have Councillor Tino, who's the yes. one who welcomed it to the planet as well. Who also looks a bit like the princess. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, not Same like the princess, hair. but like the, the prince, the, the prince yeah, That's what I mean, yeah. When you asked while we were watching, when you asked whether that was the same person as the brother, I was so tempted to just let you think that we were watching Game of Thrones. I, I was going to say, I thought it was... <laughs> I would never do that to you. I would never diminish your enjoyment of the show. Yeah, here we have Tino, who is astonished and a little bit upset when it turns out that the princess and Crichton are compatible. Yes. We learn later why, of course. Uh, he was- a little... Courtly yeah. courtship? Yes. I guess he was, like, counting down the days until the po- point that the princess was going to be ineligible for uh, yeah. uh, becoming the next empress. And at that point, it just goes, ka-ching, now she's free to, do, uh, <laughs> now she's free to go with me. Yeah. The whole bar is ecstatic. Apparently, they all recognize royalty when they see them, except for Claivor, who, uh, who jumps up. And, like, I thought it was such a cool camera move following him over his VIP balcony. Like, mm. this... This must have been like a club or something. Like, this whole set was absolutely wonderful. You have the go-go strippers, dudes and chicks in their, in uh, the, in their cages. In the cage dancing, you yes. Have some aliens wandering around here in the smoke. There's lights. It really, really works. But he's pulled back from the brink by uh, the Scarron ambassador, Cargan, who encourages him to keep, just keep get it, it together. Yeah. Do not make a spectacle, your highness. The chess was sweet. They're compatible. 
And we see his, I don't know, what. at first I thought it was some sort of breath weapon, which he's like, ex- yeah. he exhales over the crowd. It looks like a heat shimmer, yes. Very very cool special effect, especially how it's used later on in the, in the episode as well. John gets escorted out. Yeah. Like, uh, am, I under, am I under arrest? No, of course not. No, says his jailer. Okay, he's- he turns around, like immediately gets stopped by the guards. <laughs> yeah. Very effectual guards, by the way, as we learn later, but yeah. Things are tricky in the palace where, yes. we, where we are once more. I like, by the way, that they're all carrying uh, peacekeeper rifles except mm. they're painted white. Yes, yeah, like UN style. The, are UN weapons painted no, white? No, but the trucks are. Uh, like, oh, like so. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of white here anyway. It's like everybody's wearing white here. Gosh, they sure do love their bleached robes. Mm. I wonder if maybe they've had some trade agreements and like obtained the scarred food supplies and uh, uh, peacekeeper weapons as part of... And 20, their political maneuvering and 20,000 tons of white cloth bleached in the sun it used to be red they got yeah. it all from Sycar yeah, but uh, oof front fell off <laughs> uh, so he is informed how very very much not a prisoner he is and of the various political machinations that have already breezed through and he turns a corner and he encounters Prince Clavor, who's being attended to by a sort of lizardy looking woman mm-hmm. did you recognise her by the way? no wouldn't blame you that's Francesca Buller under all that makeup she yeah. previously played M. Lee I will control my hunger, and you will provide me access to a more permanent food supply. The calcivore. Uh, oh, right, her. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And once again, Francesca Buller is Ben Browder's wife. Once again, completely <laughs> unrecognizable. I guess she's around. She's an accomplished actress, so oh, might, yeah. might as well, if she's going to be around anyway, might as well use her. It seems like a marriage of convenience, which we're definitely <laughs> working towards too in this episode. <laughs> yeah, she's like a little Zazu hovering around Claybor's shoulders. Right. He tries to dismiss her. Later on, uh, especially towards the end of the episode... Uh, Do you talk? When us to, Highness. John has a little interaction with her when she's uh, tending to him at that point. And her her behavior and mannerisms there really reminded me of... Have you ever seen that British sitcom Heidi High? Oh, no. It takes place in a a holiday camp. What year are we talking about? Oh, 70s. All right, yeah. Uh, I think it might even take place in the 60s, but it was definitely produced in the 70s. And uh, there's just like one of the little ladies from housekeeping, and she's also kind of got that mousy behavior and very deferent towards everybody else. Oh, it kind of reminded me of that. She reminded me of Mrs. Doyle from Father Ted. Right, yes, sim- similar character. Right similar, there, t- similar type of character, although Mrs. Doyle is far more... Stand- Forceful. Yes. She's- which, which one were you going You were going to say standoffish? No, no, I was going to say um, adamant. It's not even the worst word for it as well, but... Indefatigable. Yes, uh, has a certain... Inexorable. Personal- will you have a cup of tea? Are you will, you will, you will, you will. <laughs> Would you like some biscuits? They got raisins in them. Oh, sorry, they got cocaine. <laughs> the yeah, the other way wrong. Yeah. There's cocaine in them. Oh, no. oh I, I mean raisins. There you go. Yes. Um, so Crichton realizes he's very, very not a prisoner. Except and he, asks, he can't leave. But is this my cell? No. Uh, yes, it's no. your room. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's your room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which he, so he jumps on the bed with his shoes on. Actually, he really enjoys it. Apparently, it's more comfortable than the digs on uh, on Moya. Apparently, so yes. Let's see, there's like a scene with Aaron and Shana and Dargo, but I can't yeah, remember what it Yeah, they partied really hard. Did oh, you see Dargo yes. dancing early on, like flinging oh. his tentacles around? It was fantastic. But uh, yeah, they're wiped out and they're not very much sure about what to do. And they've, oh yeah, they've already tried get, getting to John, which they've been uh, denied. So yeah. The security's like super tight around him right oh, now. Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, Darko and Chiana spent all night in the spaceport trying to locate. Oh, uh, yeah, that's this little thing Moya, which completely which is- gets 
glossed over as, yeah, Moya's gone. And, yeah, to uh, sort of deal with that. Because the major problem is that Aaron is really upset that John is even considering this plot. And Chiana, once again, incredible, sets her straight. Hey, you've been leading him along. Uh, yep. you, you haven't been honest with him. You've had your chance. You've had, yeah. And you only want the ones that you can't, can't have. have. Like, look at that guy over there, points at someone in the background. Also, eligible, rich, handsome, probably a lot of fun. You don't want him. How many times has he tried to come on to you? What, three? Four? Look, he's, he's well-bred, he's rich, handsome, perfect. You're going to let him get away too. You know why? Oh, go on. Tell me. Because you only want the ones you can't have. So you're going to go to Crichton, you're going to mess with his mind. He's going to be turned over to Scorpius and dead. And now that you can't have John again, you want him again. Dargo makes another very reasonable and firm argument that... As entertaining as this is at the moment, it's getting us nowhere. And Aaron says... No, and she grabs Gianna and goes <laughs> off to deal with her bullshit anyway. Goes off to do more because she doesn't trust her the work that they've been doing, and she goes wants to check the spaceport as well, so to confirm that Moya isn't actually here. And while Dargo is sitting there nursing his hangover, I suppose, who but Scorpius shows up? Car Dargo, is it? I don't believe we've had the pleasure. He is so sleazy. He's so charming. God, yeah. Dargo! Oh, he's like a used car salesman. <laughs> and, and, and Dargo Fancy just... meeting you here. I don't think we've had the pleasure. <laughs> Dargo does, does another one of his, uh, his fantastic, like, jump and rolls. Hoo, ha! Uh, grabs a long-stemmed champagne Bottle glass, <laughs> holds it upside down like his sword. He's got, yes. sort of got the same stance. Because they weren't allowed to bring any weapons of any sorts onto the planet. And Scorpius says, well... Perhaps we should, um, well, reorder and share a repast. Where I learned repast. I learned so many oh. words from David Kemper. But, uh, yeah, no, no, nothing comes out of that, really, because we go back to the Scarron talking with the prince, and the Scarron says, leave me, we have to take care of this, we need to make sure that uh, this marriage doesn't happen, because yeah. uh, we can't have any of this. And we move on to, like, there's some fair tempo to this, uh, to yes. this episode, I've noticed. Lots and lots well, of short lo- scenes. Lots of stuff goes on as well. Now we've got Rigel and Dargo and John in his quarters, and Rigel and Dargo are trying to talk some sense into John. Mm. And I thought this scene was brilliant. John is being his dramatic self, utterly rejecting the absurdity of the idea, yelling increasingly incomprehensible Earth pop culture references, <laughs> yes. while Dargo and then later on Rigel continue to make the same reasonable arguments, like you are between a rock and a hard place. Mm. Uh, Scorpius has made these promises. He's promised not to liquefy your brain and to let us all go. But yeah. We know it's all nonsense. We're all stalling for time, so just Play along, just keep, keep the ball rolling, and we'll see what we can do. Even though Rigel would say, well, of course I'd marry her. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, of course he would. We actually learned, uh, actually, this is the first time that something is like this is out said when Pilot and Moya are talking, because they've made the shortest starburst that Moya could apparently do. Yes. And now that the command carrier has not followed them, uh, Zahn immediately wants to turn back to make sure that uh, they don't think that they've been abandoned by But Moya declines. Pilot says, like, well, you know that doing a starburst uh, negates all previous data navigation points. Very good. So that explains a little bit about how it uh, took them uh, uh, a quarter of a cycle in uh, Jeremiah Crichton to find their way back along all the possible planets that they might uh, might have visited when they lost John. Yeah, because they couldn't starburst between planets. They had to take the much slower FTL. Yeah. uh, Because otherwise, yeah, it'd be a little bit chaotic. 
because yes, apparently starburst navigation is really cool. Uh, but yeah, after that, you don't really know where you are anymore. So well, I mean, space is a three-dimensional complex construct. Mm-hmm. So you skip. Uh, I'll say 20, 20 light years, and stuff kind of looks different. Like your immediate yeah. nearby points of reference are in very different places relative to each other. There's oh, there's also light drift between them. Yeah, something that was twenty light years closer almost also was twenty light years more recent than it is now that you've skipped back. And ugh. oh god, yes, that they get that weird problem. So yeah, yeah. then you see the image of where that star was twenty years ago when you weren't even there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Tricky stuff. Yes. Uh, John is talking to the prince and he's like, Let's not worry. don't worry, I'm not going to marry her. You'll be the emperor in three days' time or whenever it is that the princess's birthday is because it's a matter of days, we learn. Yeah. And, okay, so this whole scene is kind of weird. It takes place in one big room mm-hmm. where apparently, despite the fact that it's a big echoing chamber, no one can hear each other's conversation. There's enormous privacy. Just this is three ideal feet for away. political manif- manifestations. <laughs> yes, because in this one scene, we can have a, a very dramatic conversation between uh, the prince and Crichton, and then Crichton goes to the princess, and then the empress walks up and immediately asserts her power. Shall we go for a walk? And they just sort of circle around the yes. prince and princess while talking <laughs> about them, and apparently they have no idea what's being said. Maybe they have privacy fields. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> and all those guards. It's just like just a quick walk around the room like like children practicing a waltz in the classroom and but yes the empress seems very pleasant and reasonable at this point just i'm so happy that we can have that my daughter's found a genetic match and like we expect babies I expect and I'm, sturdy grandchildren for you yes. shall we get to know each other yeah oh and it's like i don't love her and she goes like well of course you don't love her you only just met her it's she like, is she is so real but yeah. she will also accept ren from no one uh, totally not because uh, the moment that he tells her that no, I'm not marrying her. She goes, oh, well, in that case, I have someone I'd like you to meet. And in walks Scorpius. Oh, hello, Crichton. Yeah. We get immediately get a, a flashback, which was a very jarring moment for me in the episode. It came so hard. Yeah, and it's like immediately all the nasty stuff from the end of episode, uh, season one. Uh, where it's, The Aurora uh, chair, yeah. the flashbacks, the screaming terror. Yeah, and yeah, it leaves John shaken, uh, which... Scorpius immediately knows and uh, starts using as well. Hugs him. Yes. Hugs like, him while he's standing so nice there reeling. you again. <laughs> and John, like the disgust on his face, the terror. And the, and the, the emperor basically bluntly says, well, you can choose, marry my daughter or I give you to Scorpius. This abomination. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, really, really making it clear. She, yeah, she doesn't like the half-breed side of things either, apparently. But she... Okay, so this is where I'm wondering, well, like, why is she... So clearly, they must have dealings with the peacekeepers. So I guess that, like, Scorpius, she probably knows who Scorpius is. I... No, I don't know. I mean, his arrival would have certainly had some kind of announcement before he, uh, uh, before he got right. there. Certainly, like, they've talked about the Scarron half-breed. Mm. Uh, so they're probably not that common, certainly considered considering the enmity between those, those yeah. two polities. Look at me with my uh, my vocabulary. I'm like little David yes. Kemper there. Uh, yeah, but so their struggle for neutrality, which is what the Empress is so proud of and has been the, the source of the breakaway colony's success, yeah, is really dependent on maintaining the power balance between these two superpowers on either side of the breakaway colonies. Erin, mm. as they say, as we say in Dutch, chooses eggs for his money. Yeah, you're rich. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to explain it, but I'm standing here with my mouth full of teeth. <laughs> and uh, walks up to the princess and proposes to her. 
because he makes that decision very quickly. And the princess seems to be genuinely happy. Yeah. Because he asks her, what do you want? To be empress. To have children. To keep the peace for my people. Even if we're miserable for the rest of our lives. I won't make you miserable. And she realizes... There are worse deals. Yeah, she realizes that it's a marriage of convenience and that we're... Uh, that, but there, she's willing to make it work. She's been raised into this tradition. She knows yeah. how things work. And even... Scorpius just has this little oh, look on his face. Yes. <laughs> Aren't they cute? Yeah. Oh, he looks so icy here. His makeup looks amazing. Yeah. It's that hot flesh substance that Dave LC and his team developed for this show. It's it's got this property where it degrades over time over mm-hmm. the uh, the course of a day, so it starts to it starts to sweat a little bit. Yeah. So even though it's reusable and you apply it, but toward the end of the day it looks extra greasy. Yeah, and, well that works really well oily. for Scorpius, yeah. yes. So finally, John and Erin get to have another talk uh, where they're uh, basically, yeah, yeah, I can't believe you're marrying her. Yeah, interrupted by the, uh, yeah. the handsome dude from earlier who yes. introduces himself as... as the counsel to the Australian accent. <laughs> yeah, John introduces himself as, a, as an astronaut. Dragon Casanova, cousin to the crown. John Crichton, astronaut. Which is kind of funny because half the people here are astronauts. I guess it's like... Yeah, he still says that in a way that it's like it's supposed to impress people, but you know, lots of people travel in space here. I guess it would be as as impressive as like saying that you can swim. Yes, to us. Ah, but I can swim. Yeah, well, we can, we can all swim. Yeah, but I swam here. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. If you want to be impressed with that, this dude, by the way, I have his name written down. That's Aaron Cash, and we've seen him before because he was also in uh, Zan's flashback mm. as Bital, her lover, whom she, oh, whom she okay. murdered. There's, there's still uh, fishing in the pool of Australian soap series like actors. I beautiful, beautiful men. Yeah, I see yeah. his hair's grown back in the meantime. He's really showing off that chest. <laughs> that was like a year ago at this point because we're halfway in season two. And That's that true. Was like, so, yes, I'm pretty sure that they can make that happen. So they, uh, she spurns his advantage again, and uh, off they go to mope some more, at which point Crichton points out just how many guns there are around, which Aaron has been noticing. Yes, there's like lots of guards, which apparently are there for John's benefit, because they don't trust Scorpius, apparently. And yeah, or anyone, in fact. No, because this is precious genetic material and it must be protected at all costs. And throughout all this, John is begging her for an alternative. Right. Like, yeah, you've, I'm convinced that this is the wrong thing to do, well, but it is the only thing is to all, do. Yeah, he's explaining to us, like, I, I get to choose. I marry her or she gives me to Scorpius, and I'm not going back to Scorpius. And Aaron doesn't have an alternative to offer, but she won't accept this either. She tries to tell him... There's never been anything we couldn't overcome together. Mm. And he e- says... Except us. Except each other. Yeah. Yeah. Into the betrayal garden. Yes. Been, oh no, it's not the betrayal garden yet. It's the kissing garden. It's the, it is the kissing garden because the, apparently the prince has been getting it on with the counselor or the ambassador. Counselor Tino. Yes. Very good. Yeah, that's the one where they profess their love to each other and and this is where you went. Hey, isn't that her brother? And I'm yeah, yeah, so right, yes. tempted to just let that ride and let you see what you. I should have recognized it. Now the brother has much more of a Vulcan face, although this guy has a bit of a Vulcan haircut. They all too. have yeah. the same exactly the same Roman haircut and but yes. Yeah. This is observed by Erin, for some reason, why, she, why is she <laughs> snooping she's just sort of standing why in the bushes, she like, around hum, the hair. Hum. <laughs> what was she even doing out there? Who immediately goes to tell uh, uh, Zar- uh, Zargo and Dran, no, it's like Chana <laughs> yeah. and Dargo about this. Oh, now I'm just imagining Dargo and Chiana's wig. <laughs> that would be weird. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. I have a hard time 
telling these scenes apart. It is very difficult, yeah. But in the moment themselves, I was completely riveted. This is why I took so few notes about this, because I was mm-hmm. just... It's like I mentioned that it was like a soap opera, but in all the best ways, it is completely gripping melodrama. True, true, very much so. I'm just completely, oh, who's going to find out? And oh, are they going to wind up together? And oh, but there's another mystery afoot, which is that aboard Moya, apparently they're not traveling back the way they came. No, uh, Moya herself has decided to go somewhere else because she's picked something up on one of her eight type sensor sensor types and it seems to be very appealing or at least enthralling and she is investigating and she has set a course and pilot can't apparently do anything about it or won't and uh, Zahn just has to come along. Back on the planet, Aaron bumps into Cargan, who is the uh, Scarron ambassador, who says, I don't believe we've had the pleasure. Yeah. And she says, yes, I've heard that about Scarrons. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I think that's that the ambassador thinks that she is with Scorpius. Yes. That's the way he talks to her. That's the way he tells her what he wants. Yes, I think that uh, what we get from this conversation is that uh, the Scarron ambassador, Cargan, mm-hmm. thinks that John is uh, Scorpius's spy, just like he is the uh, the Scarron's spy, mm. and that essentially the peacekeepers are playing the exact same game that the Scarrons are. Yes, uh, they're trying to get one of the children on the throne and wanting it to be the one that they control. Yeah, that they have someone extremely, extremely close to. Mm. And so he knocks... Aaron about in honestly not a very good fight. I can no. understand that it was tricky to do with. I mean, you can't really punch someone in the animatronics when no. they're so so expensive and you can't see. Also, by the way, we get a full shot of the Scarron. It is not super impressive because his legs look like a. Yeah, he's got this humanoid torso, although his chest is built out a bit, and he's got this huge head on it. Could have done with a little bit more padding on the legs and maybe a little bit some extra platform shoes. This was okay. So when I when I read this page in the creature book, Dave Elsie. Talked some real dren about the uh, the costume department, which I don't think is is well deserved. Because at this point, Elsie and the creature department did all the creature effects and animatronics, and then the costumes were done by another department. Mm. And like he said, it took us fifteen minutes to get this actor in the prosthetics, and it took them two hours to get him into, into, the into this costume. And it's Damn. not even that great. Like, he doesn't have the leg extensions or the right. chest piece or whatever. So just let us do the costumes for these As well, yes. Next time. We can, like, integrate it and make it real. I mean, I thought it wasn't a bad fight. He tries to use his weird, like, heat ray powers, which apparently also come from his fingers and not just from his mouth. Yeah, she effectively deflects them. Yeah, apparently she hadn't faced like, Scarron before. She knows to avoid those. Or at least been those. trained how to fight them, yeah. He wipes the floor, or I should say the table with her. God, yep. that poor stunt woman. Until the Empress walks in. Don't stop now. Go on, kill each other. Save me the trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Such a practical woman. Wow, there is a... I'm just looking at the clock, how long we've been recording. There is a lot of episodes still to go. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. We arrive in rather a peculiar scene. So it's a medical laboratory where lots of tests are being done. There's this arch. For some reason, Rigel is is hovering around, marveling at the technology. Mm, he wants one of these machines because apparently after some genetic testing, they allow projections of the future babies that these uh, this couple can have. So many unfortunate, unfortunate mistakes, mistakes could have been avoided. <laughs> oh, this is truly amazing, Crichton. I must have one for my kingdom. <laughs> But yeah, I really like how regal Rigel is here. I must have one for my kingdom. Like, yes. This is beautiful, beautiful speech. A little bit of emotional manipulation goes on towards John when they show him a, a baby he could have with uh, the princess and then later the same kid as a, I don't, know, I don't know, I can't tell how old kids are, five or six, I suppose he is. Yeah, he goes, hi, Dad. Oh, yes. Hi, Dad. Ah! 
astounding device. Oh, uh, looks just like you. Yeah, he does, kind of. Yet he may be able to overcome it. <laughs> now, this is... Okay, it's been long enough. We can talk about this now. This little toe-headed boy is yeah. actually Ben Browder's son. Oh, which was not talked about. And the fans were also like very, this was one of those, those public secrets. Ben Browder and Francesca Buller were quite public figures, but they did not discuss their children. Right. And the fans at the time, I remember this from looking at the forums, were extremely protective of it. Like when, whenever a question came up, we're like, hey, do you think that was Ben Browder's actual kid? And the answer was always, we don't talk about Ben's kids. Yeah. Fair, good, fair enough. Now, of course, this boy did grow up to be, in Ben Browder's own words, an, an eight-foot-nine linebacker that <laughs> he couldn't really keep under control as well as he used to. Uh, so Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but I love the comments. Like, oh, he looks like you. And uh, Rigel goes like, yes, hopefully he can overcome that. <laughs> <laughs> now no, we're in the betrayal garden. Betrayal garden! Yes, because apparently uh, plots are being machined or machinated. What is it called? Is it, uh? Yes, yes. We're in the machine shop for the, for the, the plot, plot machine yes. shop. Yeah, Because this is where the Scarron uh, reveals his uh, plan. And also the fact that he's been like quite blatantly torturing, manipulating, whatever it is, both the prince and his wife. Uh, squeeze. She says she won't marry him unless, uh, he, uh, unless he actually ascends. Presumably he would also have to marry before his oh, 18th knows? birthday Probably. or whatever it is. Yeah, well, Something like that. So, who so, knows? Can you see past childishness to realise any betrayal means your instant death, even if mine follows? Yes! <laughs> I'm kind of surprised here that, like, this uh, Scarron can just do this to the uh, second in line to the throne. Yeah, right. And there's no, like, a couple of guards hanging out there going, like, Oi, what are you doing to him? Apparently, Claivor is not so well protected as the actual lineage. God, this poor man in the suit, by the way, was the same uh, the same sort of stunt performer, Gavin Robbins, who also played the Kidva. Mm-hmm. So once again, in a suit that he can't see out of, and this time he got strapped in an, a, a, a sort of lizard-like anxiety chamber in the middle of Australia. Australian summer. He could only survive in there for about 15 minutes because there was barely any air holes. Yeah, oh, must be hellish. <sighs> Especially when they're standing and doing the outdoor scenes and there's no airco or anything like that. It must be. And but quite the opposite is where Moya now finds herself. In yes, this, in this cloud space. Ethereal sort of candy floss, cotton wool nebula. Where there's some sort of light cloud effect flying around and uh, Zahn asks, is it alive? And Pilot says it very much is and apparently it's Yes. The creators, I believe, the builders? The builders. The builders, yes. The builders. The creators. God. Yeah. Wow. So I guess the first people who made the Leviathans? Yeah. That's Something all like that. we find out this episode, because yep. now we... Once again, John ignores the sock on the doorknob. <laughs> Walks into the room where Gianna is going, oh. She's having a great time. And he just sits down next to her. Like, I don't even know if he notices or that he's just cool with it now. Doesn't care. No, uh, because, uh, yes, uh, after about a few seconds into the conversation, the bedsheets move and Dargo comes up for air, I suppose. And and says, why don't you stay and tell us about it, John? <laughs> Which he completely ignores or takes that straight. Now, the, the, what I was wondering about in this scene is like, how does Dargo keep his beard so perfectly, considering what he's just been up to? Because <laughs> it's immaculate. Like, it's dry, yes, it it's really perfectly is. braided. It's, and what was he doing with his nose plate? Well, that doesn't may, seem comfortable. Maybe that's what he was using. <laughs> 
<laughs> Finally put his tankers to good use, but he is so calm and chill. Yes. Yeah, he, he was just blue mivonked this whole time. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's why he was so cranky the whole time. <laughs> I guess so. And like he's been getting a lot of good relief. And uh, he's... I mean, this is a great look for him, by the way, just wrapped in a blanket and yeah. just chilling and rapping with, he, the, yeah. uh, with John. But he is so supportive for John. And yeah. he goes like, okay, this situation sucks, but maybe you should just make the best of it. And, and he lets John vent. And John has yeah. a lot to vent about. Humans don't live that long. Oh, yes, because we learned that yeah. uh, apparently after they marry and uh, get assigned to be the next ruling couple, they get turned into statues for 80 cycles and they stand in the Colosseum and observe all the political proceedings yeah. and uh, learn how things work and that sounds terrible and dargo says that is fascinating this is a great time to turn into a vulcan but yeah <laughs> he lets john vent because yep the situation has not changed it's it's still necessity yeah it's still uh scorpius or uh marriage yeah i mean it's talk about a shotgun wedding i'm supposed that term that wasn't used at any point but better wed than dead yes that he does say and finally, we have the uh, uh, the final con- confrontation between Aaron and John. John finally uh, actually dressing like a, like a breakaway Sebastian. Right. Currently, he gets to wear red. I mean, everybody else has still been wearing I white so far, and other than that red shawl that the prince was wearing exactly. when he first... He had the one shawl, so maybe yeah. that is for the... Uh, I don't know. Oh, Regency Red. Yeah. Because he's not going to be emperor. He's going to be regent. They're right. going to preserve yes. the... Uh, yes. And Aaron appeals to him one more time with the... The same appeal, you know this is wrong, this is not what you want. No, we'll find a way. And, and he goes like, She yeah. still doesn't have an alternative for him. So No, she, and he's still scared witless out of uh, for anything that uh, Scorpius might do to him. He's in my hand. Back of my mind, corner of my eye. He scares me. Aaron and I can't shake him. I don't know what you're talking about, but there's never been anything we couldn't overcome together. Except each other. She stomps off, he gets ready, and, and, oh yeah, he asks her to to attend the wedding. Yes. And she says that she no. won't, and yeah. like, he wants her there, he needs her there, and yeah. like, she and won't. No can, no can do. And he even says, isn't there, you know, aren't there things that we need to say before it's too late? And she says, the only thing left for us to say is goodbye. Uh, yeah. Something Oof. that she's never said to him before. Yes. Oof. Oh. And out she walks. Mixed signals again. And it was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Mixed signals enough to give you whiplash Ah, set up because Once again we find out that Sebastians have uh, paper necks Yep, because some sort of ambassador walks in Snaps the guard's neck Points a thing at uh, John uh, Misses, big fight More guards uh, come running in Who apparently are on the side of the uh, the Uh, Of Claivor, yeah Claivor, yes And he aims some sort of weapon at John that, That turns him into a sort of crinkly Right, he, so he sort I, of looked like he did when his helmet was cracking; he was exploding in the uh, yeah. In the well, dream he, sequence. well, he got he got much more blown up there. And at this point, so if I'm looking at the to be continued freeze frame at the end, ah, uh, yes, okay. So he it looks like they're, 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 he, uh, he's going scarring. I mean, oh wow, you, you've got yeah, the, you've got the nose, the, you know, the the, the pronounced the, the, the nostrils, you've the pronounced got the, cheekbones, the the, the the mouth and the teeth. So I'm I'm really seeing the 
is he getting transformed into are they just poisoning his DNA at this point to make Ooh. him to make him incapable of doing the thing that he's K. supposed to be doing okay <laughs> get your wallet because you're going to make some bets buddy yeah right. we haven't really been paying attention to this so much you've actually scored a bit because uh, Rigel did indeed uh, lawyer up, up yes. but I think you also made a prediction that it was going to be something with uh, uh, Rigel and a, and a royal artifact that one didn't pan out unfortunately no. I am going to give you at this point that Scorpius is the new villain. So we're going to have right. to look at that. Uh, like, that one's clear now, right? Obvious, yes. So we're, uh, let me see. I think you predicted that in season one, ep- the end of season one. So mm-hmm. we're like 11 episodes. I think, in that, I think that was in our uh, talk about season one episode. That's right. That would have been, oh, let me see how much that was. 30 points Ooh. times 12. That's your multiplier because oh, it's been damn. 11 episodes plus the uh, carry the one. So that's... 360 points. Okay. This is out of control. I'm just going to I'm just going to update my handy dandy database and I'm going to make sure that it says that you are indeed correct and that brings your total up to doesn't calculate, but probably around the 500s. All right. You're rolling in it, so spend some of that dosh. Okay. What do you predict is going to happen? So, there's the, the changing effect that we see on him. Yeah. But I don't think that they're going to change him into another alien or something. So, that, that, that would probably defeat the purpose. So, I think what they're trying to do this is... This is Farscape, I think though. I know... True. While shit happens and you're rolling in dosh, now no, the time. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to make a big. I'm, I'm going to make a big prediction, but Ooh. I think I'm. Uh, so I think that okay, I'll put fifty points on the device on the device being Scarin in origin. Okay, and I'll put another fifty points on it being uh, messing with his DNA. All right, all right, cool. Big wagers, I yes, like it. That's what we're going to do. I mean, there's a sh- they're, they're going to be resolved in the next episode, so yeah, the pay- exactly. The payback isn't going to be very high, so I have to wager a lot of uh, points in order to uh, get a little bit of return on investment. All right. Anything else that you want to that you want to bet on? I mean, we Ooh. have the uh, the royal wedding. Is that going to go ahead? Is he going to get turned into a statue? Is he going to go with Scorpius? These are the options that are being Ooh, laid out for us. No. Or do you yeah. see anything else sort of happening? No. Yes. Okay. Ten points on the fact <laughs> yeah. that we're not going to see anything relevant about Moya and Zan for the first third of the next episode. First third. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. And they're going to come back. Another ten points on the fact that they're going to come back with something relevant that's going to. Well, it's, it's very vague. That's going to resolve the situation, other than being there. That they're. Oh, well, yeah. if you want to say that, like Zan and Moya save the day. Right. I'm, is that what you want to say? Well, I'm not sure about that. It's going to be, it's a tricky one. I think that there's going to be a political... Okay, I'll put another 10 points on... Uh, there's there's going to be a political overthrow uh, in favor of the prince. Uh, and that there's... Right. And, and, that, and that's something that Zan and Moya and Pilot come back with that's going to... No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in two minds. Either they come back with a way for them to, to pull them out after everything's gone to Dren, or if that there's, uh, uh, that there's going to be a, some sort of resolve of the situation on the planet here. So, oh. oh. That's a, hard, that's yeah, a very I'm, hard choice I'm gonna, for me to no, make. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to put my foot down and like, what do you think is going to happen in the next episode? Right. No, I mean, this would be both yeah. the next episode. So that's, uh, I think that's... 
pilot and Zahn are going to show up in time just to pull them out uh, out of the, after the whole situation pilot goes and Zahn to Drennan. Well, after the whole situation goes to Drennan, at least our heroes get saved out, and there might be like political problems left on the planet. And, and that was a ten point wager. Did you right, say that yeah. seems like okay? No, that's I mean, fair. It's, <laughs> hey, it's it's I've really far escape fun. I've bugs. put more than twenty per, uh, percent of my points uh, in these wages at this point already. Oh, you're such a tenderfoot. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well done. Thank you. Okay. Time for the Willies and the Woodies. Willies and the Woodies. She gives me a Woody. She gives you the Willies. There was a lot of Woodies in the singles bar, I think. Oh, yes. I think my Willie goes to the flashback. The, the moment that uh, oh, yes that, <laughs> that was that really chilling. had me had me cre- well I wouldn't say creeped out but that was just like oh my god yeah you f- re- so feel for John at that point when you see that uh, all those bad memories shooting back into him the moment that yeah. he actually sees uh, Scorpius and how he talks about that like how Scorpius is at the back of his mind always he's always looking out of his yes. the corners of his very eyes very good like, you caught that yeah 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 very much so that was oh yeah no I'm kind of with you there I think my Willie is probably going to go to the I didn't like the fight between Aaron and the Scarab. I know it's tough to do, but yeah, it's tricky to do with such an unwieldy creature. Right, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. At least she kept the shirt on. (laughs) Yeah, he is. As uh, uh, TestMonkey6K mentioned, he is an upgraded Gorn. (laughs) He is very much so. Oh, see... You'd think that my Woody would go to the Scarron, yeah, but it's going to go to the Empress. I uh-huh. really like that character. Just the the supreme confidence, the grace, and like the willingness to do what needs to be done for her empire. Yeah, I would completely trust her to take care of me if that's what she says she'll do, and that's what's to her advantage, yeah. and also to throw me to the wolves. But I think she'd give me a chance, mm-hmm. like she does with John. She gives him a choice. I kind of dig characters like that. Yeah. So my Woody was probably either goes Chiana for being like her up, uh, up, well, not upstanding, but her, oh, support yourself. That's the way to go. Like how she's like, she's, yeah, she's very level headed. She's very supportive in her own way, even though she's getting my vonk by, uh, uh. Yeah, she's uh, she's rubbing Mivonks, yeah. Yes. But she's, she, she's she, trying to tell Aaron and John what they need to hear, and they're just not listening. Yeah, because I guess they hear it, but they're, yeah, they either they know it's true and they just don't want to own up to it, or else the the club scene in the beginning, that was fantastic. I just yeah, loved was, right? the look of, all the way that was shot with all those cool little bottles of yeah, L- LSD, LSD like that everybody party. was d- dabbing on each <laughs> yeah, other's tongues. Like, <laughs> Do the dab. Yeah. Oh, actually... Oh, another Woody. Yeah. Dargo and Chiana getting it on. Like, they looked yeah. like they were having fun. <laughs> they were having a lot of it. And a lot of it. Tony Tills was brought in specifically because he'd handled Dargo's sex life before in Vitas Mortis. You, oh, know, yeah? you know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Wow, what an episode. Do you have a name for it? Oh, for the episode. Ooh, um, let me have a quick look at my... Uh, yeah. Uh, Please don't come up with anything terribly clever so that I can be clever for a change. Okay. No, no, I don't think I have anything that uh, jumps out. Yes? Okay, so what was jumping out to me uh, was at the club scene where everyone was kissing, all of the the spit being swapped, like even without uh, a major pandemic like this. It just doesn't seem very hygienic, especially because there are diseases uh, that are transmitted like this. Uh, We call it Pfeiffer. It's called uh, a mono in the Anglosphere. It is the kissing disease, but its full title is a little bit longer. And so we even mentioned the 
the anime earlier, yeah. I would call this episode Princess Mononucleosis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's the story so far, Skate. We'll see you next week with episode 212. Look at the princess part two. I do, I think. <laughs> Will he or won't he? That's the question. And the old foe shows to pay his respects. Plus, Dargo has a confession to make. Meanwhile, Zahn has to face off with a celestial who looks like and sounds a lot like Rigel. Thank you, Billy Roberts. Uh, you can find us at SoFarscape on Facebook, on Twitter, and on SoFarscape.com. And if you'd like to chip in, go to patreon.com slash SoFarscape. And we've been really overwhelmed with the support that we've gotten. So Thank you all so much. To our new patrons, we have Ben coming in. Jay, thank you so much. Great thank you as well to Peter. Uh, oh, bless. Leave us more information so that we know more than just a first name if you want. Uh, Actually, yeah, we should be better about this. Yes. Okay, well, well, we'll figure that out. Maybe we can have, oh, maybe they can give themselves fun nicknames. God, I wonder what Wookie Titty is going to come up with oh, now that dear. he has an opportunity to say a nickname. Okay, oh, well, dear. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thanks thank you. again so much. If you want to chip in, there's bonus nonsense like GIF packs and fanfic fan readings. That we've been doing. Yes, we have uh, various uh, levels of patronage. Uh, there's tiers starting at $1. Everybody gets the same goodies, such as the GIF packs. Us reading the uh, vintage, vintage fan fiction from when fan- this was just airing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we're going through stories which were written no later than the uh, production date of the, uh, the when the shows were aired, so that anybody who wrote those episodes doesn't know anything that I haven't heard of could know. A perfect crime. <laughs> I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so far, escape so good. good.